on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Live from the legendary Sports 56 studios at Flynn Broadcasting in Memphis, here's your host, Kevin Cerrito. Greetings and salutations. We are live from Hyattown, Mount Moriah. Here at Flynn Broadcasting, welcome to uh, Cerrito Live. We got an action-packed edition of the show for you today. I'm your host Kevin Cerrito. On the other side of the glass, we got Drew Barrett, CJ Hurt. Off this week, he's off traveling uh, the country playing Pokemon. I'm sure that's what he's doing. He's out with the Pokemon Go. If you <laughs> listened to the show last week, he, we were we were ahead of the curve uh, on talking about that Pokemon Go and uh, CJ's newest obsession. So he's out playing Pokemon Go this week. We will not hear from CJ on the show, but Drew is here, and coming up a little bit later on, we always end the show with our main event, where we talk about professional wrestling, we're the only show in the city with a weekly wrestling segment, Dustin Five Star will be here in studio, and our guest this week is WWE Hall of Famer Rikishi, Rikishi will join us um, on the show in our wrestling segment at 12.30, before that, our weekly Big Brother coverage brought to you by Big Big Brothers Big Sisters Sports Ball, which is next Saturday. Uh, at Minglewood Hall. Buy your tickets now. Find the link at CerritoLive.com. But uh, our Big Brother coverage continues at noon. Ooh, what a week it was for Frank Udi, Memphis's own uh, Big Brother contestant. I don't know, some people uh, getting a little upset at Frank this week. A very interesting episode last Sunday. But Frank, who is competing in the Big Brother house for Marion, Arkansas, repping uh, the Tigers with the uh, University of Memphis shirts on in the house for his second visit into the Big Brother house uh, this summer, and we'll talk to his mother, Sabrina. Sabrina will join us yet again this week. So it's been a controversial week for Frank. We'll talk to her about some of the stuff uh, he's got into, some of the stuff he said inside the Big Brother house a little bit later on. That's at noon. But first, we'll also talk to Kelly Evans. Kelly, Southern girl, she is an editor and writer for The Undefeated. So we'll jump into what a very fascinating week it has been. Uh, here in Memphis, Tennessee, from what happened on Sunday night with uh, the Black Lives Matters protest on the M Bridge, which uh, was being called the I-40 Bridge a lot on television, uh, the Hernando de Soto Bridge, the New Bridge. I've never heard anybody call that bridge uh, something more than the New Bridge as many times as they did on Sunday night. But uh, I-40 Bridge, I guess it has less characters than than the other ones. So when you have fewer characters, you can... Uh, it's easier to just call it the I-40 Bridge because that's what was on the screen. But anyway, so the Black Lives Matter. So we'll talk a little bit about that and, and race and sports. And you have the NBA players at the ESPYs. And we'll talk a little bit about an incident that actually happened uh, with uh, me and Kelly. We've talked about it before, but uh, we'll jump back into it now because we haven't really talked about it since um, it has been as relevant as it is in the in the uh, conversation these days. But there was an incident with that uh, when I was traveling with her in Arkansas, and uh, we got pulled over by the police. So we'll talk about that story as well. But we start every week with some woo-hoos and booze. Let's do that now. Right, well, who's Ambu's is brought to you by Blue. 
Blue Restaurant and Lounge, downtown Memphis, Tennessee, across from FedEx Form. They now serve brunch every Sunday with uh, dishes like mouth, these mouthwatering. Man, you've got to try these. They're mouthwatering. Uh, the Nachos Rancheros. That's their breakfast nachos. You have the steak and eggs, the ultimate French toast of the day. I had their breakfast scrambler when I was there hosting Parks and Rec Trivia last Sunday. We have a trivia brunch. Our next trivia brunch is August 7th there with some Disney trivia. But uh, they have brunch every single Sunday. Once a month, we're doing the, the trivia brunch. You can call 901-334-5950. That's 901-334-5950 to enjoy brunch at Blue. It's uh, right there on BB King Boulevard across from FedEx Forum. They also have a new daily social hour, which is $5 wine and spirit specials and $3 beer deals. That's every day, including days that there's events happening at FedEx Forum. So that's 11 a.m. to 6 o'clock. You can get down there, uh, downtown to Best Social Hour at Blue Restaurant and Lounge. And then they've also launched Another great deal at Blue. If you're not, you got to get down there to Blue because they've got their now they've got twelve for twelve lunch combo where you get to choose your entree, side, drink, and dessert for twelve dollars. It's twelve different lunch combos for twelve dollars. Includes combo, side, and drink. That's a Blue Restaurant and Lounge in downtown Memphis, across from FedEx Forum. All right, I'm going to give a woohoo. woohoo to Mike Conley Jr. It was right across the street from FedEx Forum that Mike Conley uh, made it official in his press conference. He officially, we knew this was going to happen. It was the delay as the Grizzlies made smaller moves because of the way the NBA salary uh, situation works. If you're, you know, returnees, as they would call them on Big Brother, but you, the players that are in-house, you can sign um, for more, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so they had to delay the Mike Conley assigning to make it official, but they finally made it official on Friday. Officially, the largest contract in NBA history, five years, $153 million. But he's really only going to end up getting $152 million because shout-out to Mike Conley donating $1 million to the Grizzlies Foundation. He announced at the press conference the other day, and Robert Paris said he would match that donation. So the Grizzlies donating $2 million to their own charitable organization, the Grizzlies Foundation. So Mike Conley, yes, he's got a five-year deal worth $152 million for Mike Conley, $1 million for the Grizzlies Foundation. And uh, so Conley's official now, Chandler Parsons official now as a member of the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies Good Summer uh, going on. And Conley also taking some time out um, of his press conference to uh, to talk about what's been going on with the Black Lives Matter uh, situations uh, throughout this country and in this very city. And we will talk more about that and how um, athletes are doing that with Kelly Evans when she joins us in our next segment. I'm going to give a boo. <laughs> to the SEC. So this should be a happy week, right? We had SEC media days this week. And that's when all the media, they travel, travel to Alabama, Hoover, Alabama, and they all hang out at a hotel and they ask questions to the SEC uh, coaches and players. And there's nobody who is more of a flag-waving supporter of the Southeastern Conference than I am. I think it's the best conference in the country. I think it is gives a reason for people in the, the southern United States to rally together and something to be proud of, something that in the South where it's often made fun of uh, throughout the entire country from the East Coast to the, to the West Coast. Uh, it gives us something to, together, to band together and say, hey, well, at least we're good at this, and it's the SEC. So it's it to me, it's a, the Southern pride of the SEC. Uh, it it means something to me, as anybody who's listened to this show knows. Uh, so I'm I am a big supporter of the SEC, but I'm very disappointed 
supporter of the SEC this week on how some of the coaches are handling what's going on in the SEC. And I'm not even talking about Coach Hugh Freeze, because I think he's actually handling that pretty well. And I'm kind of like, it's it's frustrating to me as a regular Joe American that that uh, Hugh Freeze is getting criticized as much as he is. Yes, they they have a list of NC2A violations that they're admitting to and are getting accused of, and there's still more stuff coming out with that. But all of it is just, that's just rule-breaking stuff. It's not law-breaking stuff that's happening at these other schools and are getting like pushed to the side and looked over by different coaches throughout the Southeastern Conference. And we'll start first with Nick Saban, who got in a, a little argument on television uh, with Paul Feinbaum. And I'm not a, I, hey, if I drive, you know, if I'm on the road back in the day, I used, when I'm driving through Alabama, I'd always put on Paul Feinbaum. I'm great, great uh, radio uh, to listen to uh, back in the day when he was on the air in Birmingham. But so, so, so Paul, who I, I'm not always uh, on his side on certain issues, really challenged Nick Saban on this, which I thought he should have. So here's the story, if you don't know already, of what was going on in Alabama. So you have two Alabama uh, players, Cam Robinson and Hootie Jones, were arrested uh, on May 17th at a park. So they were at a park, a public park. They had possession, there was a arrested for possessions of weapons and marijuana. And their charges were eventually dropped. Uh, but that happened just in May. So we're, we're in July. So in May, the incident happened. Two football players arrested. They had weapons, marijuana, the gun in the car, and uh, happened in a public park. Charges were dropped. They're not getting suspended whatsoever. So you have Paul Feinbaum going after the, Nick Saban, like, "Hey, why are you not suspending these guys? It was this is they were in possession of a stolen gun. One of them charged with possession of a stolen gun, which is a felony charge. Not only did they have a gun, they had a stolen gun in the car, right? And Nick Saban's response being, of course, that they were eventually the charges were dropped." Eventually, the charges were dropped, so he isn't going to suspend them. And at some point, he has said that he thinks the cops that arrested him were L- were they arrested the two players were LSU fans. Like he went as far as to say that. And uh, here is what uh, though this is what is very interesting about this story. So I'm all about this. You look at, you listen to the show recently, like, okay, so we talked in, in detail about Jerry the King Lawler, of course, had his legal issues, uh, which were all the charges were dropped, right? But while the stuff was going on, while he was being charged, WWE s- suspended him indefinitely, and once the charges were dropped in court, he was brought back in, right? So what's the difference between that situation and this situation? The charges were dropped, right? The charges were dropped for these kids, so should they be punished at all? Um, probably not. But, I mean, the evidence are the evidence is there that there was a gun and there was marijuana. So if you're looking at it on surface from the way, you know, hey, if the charges are being dropped, let the person go back. They have, you know, they're innocent until proven guilty, yada, yada, yada. But then you pull the quote. The quote from the the judge. The reason the quote the reason the charges were dropped. The quote from the the judge uh, dis, or the district attorney rather Jerry Jones actually is the name of the district attorney who was uh, against prosecuting the players. This is why he decided not to prosecute players. He said, "quote I want to emphasize once again the main reason I'm doing this is that I refuse to ruin the lives of two young men who have spent their adolescence and their teenage years working and sweating while we were all home in the air conditioning." I have so big of a problem with that. 
Yes. Because no, no, not, it's not just all the athletes that, you know, ultimately got to live out their dream of playing college sports that was doing that throughout their adolescence. But people like me who got hurt, you know, right out of high school, did never, never got to uh, accept those scholarships, never got to live out that dream. I can't commit a crime and go, well, when I was younger, from the time I was 7 to 18, I didn't really have a summer. I was playing baseball six days a week. Uh, are you going to let me off then? It doesn't work that way. So why should it work for them? Right. It, 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 should, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It makes no sense. That's the part that really... Because, again, like I'm saying, like in a situation where if you get arrested, the charges are dropped in a normal situation. But when it becomes a celebrity situation, there's always question marks. Well, what did this person just get off because they're a celebrity or not? And then you have the district attorney in Louisiana. So it's not even like, I mean, I don't know. Does he have Alabama connections or, or not? But he is the, the Louisiana. These guys were arrested in Louisiana. This is a district attorney in Louisiana. And so you wouldn't even think charges are dropped. Okay. Uh, it was in Louisiana, so it's not a biased person. But then the guy's quote comes out, and he blatantly admits in the quote that the reason he dropped the charges is because he didn't want to, he wanted to emphasize, quote, again, here's what he said, I want to emphasize once again the main reason I'm doing this is that I refuse to ruin the lives of two young, they were ruining their own lives, they had a, a, a legal gun, a felony, you know, a stolen gun in the car with marijuana at a park. So, again, this quote, you come into this quote, and if you're Nick Saban, I would be a little upset, and I would think you would need to suspend your players or or punish them in some type of way. His uh, confrontation with Paul Feinbaum did not go uh, like he's not going to suspend him. He's just not going to suspend him, and why? Probably he's not going to suspend them at all because your first game on the schedule is against the University of Southern California, and he doesn't want to suspend them. So then you go over, you travel across the SEC again. This makes the stuff look like Hugh Freeze is just. Clean as a whistle to me down there at Ole Miss when you've got this stuff going on. Uh, you've got uh, Mississippi State, and I've been a, a supporter of Dan Mullen to a degree over the years. I, and But this Jeffrey Simmons situation uh, was the other hot topic during SEC media. This should be a time we're celebrating and we're, we're talking about Heisman hopefuls and stuff, but this week really didn't go that way. But Jeffrey Simmons... Uh, Mississippi State kid in March. You can watch this video online. I watched it again this morning uh, in, in preparation for the show. But it, he, there's video of Jeffrey Simmons who's playing for Mississippi State. There was a a fight between two women, and one woman is on the ground, and he walks up to her and starts beating her in front of kids. So this video happened in March, and. Then, so what do you do? What do you do when you have a player who's, and in this era that we live in, there's going to be, if if you get caught on tape committing the crime, it's like, like you are, I mean, it's no disputing that this guy is guilty of beating a a woman and just, just going up to her and beating her while she's laying on the ground. Like, it's not like she was attacking him or anything. You can watch the video. Look, search for the Jeffrey Simmons video, but... Mullen suspending him. Mullen, to his credit, going to suspend him for one game. But you know who Mississippi State's playing at the beginning of the year? South Alabama. South Alabama. So they're winning no matter who they're putting out there on the field. And if they're not, then Mullen should be fired anyway, right? So, but the issue with me is how Mullen reacted at SEC media days, where he just kind of act like his hands were clean on this whole situation and he wasn't involved. His quote on on Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, couple of quotes from it, but one of them was, quote, I wasn't involved this much. Like, the the head coach 
of the football team, a very John Calipari type quote of uh, playing dumb when and treating us like we're stupid as fans because like you can't tell me you are the CEO of this team that you are not involved at all in the decisions on what's going on in here and this guy should not be playing football until the the situation is totally uh resolved. he shouldn't probably not even be on this team I don't think he should ever be on ever play football because I don't know what you the evidence is there there's pictures of this guy uh, beating the woman if not this uh, one game suspension against South Alabama come on you've got to be kidding me and Dan Mullen Nick Saban together you guys or or just uh, or hurting my heart this week because these the awful decision making and egotistical think you could do whatever you want and football players are entitled to uh or to just put anybody in any of these situations if you're a guy in South Memphis uh, and you get put in any one of these situations just regular Joe in South Memphis or North Memphis and you get caught on video beating somebody or um a woman a helpless woman in the face and the or if you get caught with guns, an illegal stolen gun in your car, yeah, stolen gun in your car and some marijuana, like you're you're not getting let off as easy as these guys. So you got the very entitled athletes and coaches that are just allowing it to happen and to continue to happen. Because what what would deter you uh, at all? Like what lessons is anybody going to learn if we keep acting like this? And it's just it's just a bad look for the SEC. Well, Simmons, he, he's an incoming freshman, right? Yes. So technically, with Mullen's quote, is that he didn't have anything really to do with the situation because Simmons wasn't technically a part of the Mississippi State. Right, they're letting him after seeing this video. That you want to bring this guy to the university? The university had to make that decision to even let him in the university. And like you, like at what point does somebody not say why are we? Why are we? There's video of what this guy did, and we're going to bring him to our campus. I, I mean, it's a risky situation for Dan Mullen. He's taking a big risk just to win football games. Just to win football games. Well, it, I mean, in the day's culture that we live in where, you know, me and you both make a living off of talking about these athletes and talking about sports, you they are the, it's hard not to believe that they don't feel entitled because we're sitting here on the radio getting paid to talk about them and to uh, almost idolize them for our job. So for them to get off as easy it's almost part of our i'm not going to say it's our fault as sports media but when a lot of people like us make their living off these athletes and off of talking about sports then it's hard not to uh make these guys seem like celebrities and uh above the law because we're making a we're we're making money off it well i I'd, to a degree you could say that but if there's enough outrage and enough uh, I think we're in a different era today. I don't think you can blame the media because you've got people like Paul Feinbaum. People are blaming the media that we're all, you know, the judge, jury, and executioner on these things that we're making up our minds. But I, I think in these two cases, you have one that's on video of the crime taking place, and then in the other, in the other case in Alabama, you have the district attorney's quote pretty much saying, "I'm letting them off because they are football players." So how do we? change the mindset of these athletes to make them unentitled. I think you're going to need you're going to need you need to need some coaches to end up getting fired and you're going to need some university presidents to step up and, and 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 get involved and say, "Hey, look, not give complete control uh of of some of the, the University of Mississippi State probably should not let him in, in the university to begin with." And that that is on the other side, but 
uh, you know Dan Mullen was was involved in that process. There's no way uh, he wasn't. But um, just not not happy. Usually SEC media days gets me stoked. The football season's right around the corner because it is. We're getting closer and closer and closer. We're a little over a month away uh, from kickoff, and. We'll see. We'll see what what ends up happening in the Jeffrey Simmons story and and with Alabama. But it's this win by any means necessary um, in the SEC, and it's kind of making me sick. Because you know, if you listen to the show, you know my favorite sports. I always say it. My favorite favorite sports to follow are or pro wrestling in any order, but basketball, pro wrestling, horse racing, and uh, college football, and especially the SEC football. And this just. It makes it harder when you've got these type of stories. But that does it for Woohoos and Booze this week. Um, got a lot more still to come on this show, but uh, Drew, you want to tell people about an event coming up, right? Yes, I do. I want to tell uh, all you lovely listeners out there about uh, Sigma Chi here at Memphis, uh, the Epsilon Kappa chapter of Sigma Chi, uh, hosts having their first inaugural uh, Special Olympics golf tournament. Special Olympics uh, in Memphis is the philanthropy of the Sigma Chi fraternity. Uh, all proceeds to this go- from this golf tournament goes to the Special Olympics athletes here in Memphis. The golf tournament is Friday, August 12th at Glen Eagle Golf Course in Millington. Tea time, tee off starts at 1 o'clock. Cost is 2.40 per team. Dinner will be provided at the end of the tournament. We've also got a putting challenge, longest drive, and closest to the pin. To register a team, sponsor a hole, just make a simple donation to the Special Olympics, please contact Jackson Dudley at 731 731- Four four one zero nine three two. That number again is seven three one four four one zero nine three two. It's a great event, and we'd love to have everyone out there to support uh, the great things that these athletes uh, here are doing for the Special Olympics. All right, that sounds good. We are going to talk to Kelly Evans from ESPN's The Undefeated. That is next. You're listening to Cerrito Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports Fifty Six and eighty seven seven FM. Welcome back to Cerrito Live. Here once again is Kevin Cerrito. Welcome back. Thanks for making us a part of your weekend. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Playhouse on the Square, Memphis' only professional theater. And it's the perfect place to take a date. It's right there in Overton Square. And coming up on Tuesday, August 16th, it is the Great Wine Performances, an annual uh, event they have up there. It's a wine tasting and 10 different acts throughout. I mean, play- Playoffs on the Square is just an awesome like place to see a show, but it's also a place, great place to like host events. So if you're doing like a wedding reception or anything like that, uh, check out Playhouse on the Square first before you book your venue. But the Great Wine Performances is an event they hold every year at their at the Playhouse on the Square. It's from six to eight on August the sixteenth. Uh, it's an ex- it's uh, Memphis's most exciting wine tasting. You can get some more information at Playhouse on the Square dot That's Playhouse on the Square dot org. Uh, the Great Wine Performances. You can buy tickets. To get more information on their website or call nine zero one seven two six four six five six to buy tickets now. That's nine zero one seven two six four six Five six. The great wine performance is coming up at Playhouse on the Square, and their 2015-2016 season includes musicals and plays like Million Dollar Quartet, Rock of Ages, and Mamma Mia. You don't want to miss that. That is Playhouse on the Square in Overton Square. All right, we're about to be joined by Kelly Evans who uh, used to work for the Tri-State Defender here in Memphis, now works for the Undefeated at ESPN. She will join us 
here momentarily. But uh, let me tell you, if you are traveling around Memphis this weekend, wherever you are going, you can uh, use my Uber code and get $20 off your first Uber ride. uh, Type in Uber Cerrito on the Uber app, and you'll get $20 off your first ride. So if you haven't tried Uber yet, download the Uber app to your smart device and go to the promo code section, type in Uber Cerrito, that's U-B-E-R-C-E-R-R-I-T-O, type that in the promo slot, and you will get $20 off your first ride. That's Uber Cerrito. Uh, type that in and uh, get $20 off. Man, it's uh, Uber's so convenient. Wherever, wherever you're going, you can travel safe and, and quickly throughout the city and one place you should go is my bingo nights i'm now hosting bingo twice a week wednesday nights you can come play bingo at the green beetle it's free to play at seven o'clock every wednesday or at memphis made throughout the month of july every friday at eight it was a packed house last night at the tap room at memphis made it is free bingo to play and win great exciting prizes more information at cerrito trivia.com that's wednesdays at the beetle fridays at the memphis made Tap room, Cerrito Bingo. All right. Usually at this time, we would be joined by Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyer. He joins us every week in the 11 o'clock hour to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. But he is on his summer vacation. In the event that Big Grizzlies news breaks, he will join us throughout the summer. But he's on summer vacation. So we're going to fill the time talking uh, with some different folks throughout the summer, including uh, our guest today, who's a good friend of mine, she used to write for the Tri-State Defender. Now she is a writer and editor for The Undefeated at ESPN. Her name is Kelly Evans, and she joins us now. What's going on, Kelly? Hey, Kevin. Hey, thanks for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me. For what might be our, our most serious conversation that we have ever had on the radio. Are you ready for that? I am ready. <laughs> But first, first off, before we get into everything, like you are uh, at the undefeated, and people tell people where they can uh, read your stuff and and what's been going on at the undefeated. Because last time we talked, it just launched. So how's everything going there right now? Everything's been going wonderful. We are moving right along. The site's doing well. We are curating some great news. Um, we were just part of the Obama. Um, town hall meeting president obama town hall meeting on race and policing so we've been doing some really good stuff and you would just go to the undefeated.com my section is the uplift section but i do um dabble around a little in sports and culture so (laughs) right for those who do not know the undefeated is a new site launched by espn the premier platform this is what the, the description reads the premier platform for exploring the intersections of race sports and culture, and this week sports and race uh, have have crossed paths, and it seems to be more so this summer than than in a while, um, and and rightfully so because of what's been in in the news. So um, I guess we'll start with that. Of course, the the biggest news sports and race this week would be Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James open up the SB Awards, uh, speaking out. About this was this was this uh, what were your thoughts when you saw that were you were you surprised were you excited or or did they convey the right message? I think they did. It was a really good call to action for other professional athletes to use their influence to speak out against gun violence. So I appreciated what they tried to do there, and we've seen it coming a little. Um, with the I Can't Breathe movement mm-hmm. and the guys wearing the T-shirts. But I think that it's good 
they have a voice and they have huge influence. So I'm happy that they are able to speak out about this and really get people to thinking. Well, yeah, and it, it. What else can they do? And this what that's what I started thinking. I was like, this is great, but the SBs don't happen every day. And like, what else can they do uh, for the athletes that are out there? What else could they do or should they be doing to help uh, spread the message and the awareness of what's going on? Sure. Well, the undefeated editor in chief, Kevin Merida, was on Sports Center with Kerry Champion, and he brought up a great point. One thing they can do, possibly after the NBA season is over next season or before it starts, is maybe go on a tour, a town hall tour, and talk about it. You know, go to different places like Chicago or Knoxville or. St. Paul, Minnesota, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, and just hold town hall meetings and bring people together to discuss it. And maybe in areas where they have NBA teams, maybe those teams could actually host something. You know, just we, we do a lot in Memphis. Of course, we're from a place where race and policing, we're used to it. You know, it's not new to us. We have things happening every day. Our history with Dr. King. So we already have so much happening, and we are a pretty high crime area, so we do face a lot of race and policing in that city, but what would happen if there was a town hall meeting where a few members from the Grizzlies were to hold that meeting and just talk about current issues and what's going on, and if they have that platform, you know? So you think that's a good thing? Is that that something, and I know you don't speak uh, on behalf of 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 the black community or anything like that, but you do you are covering. Yes, I do. You do. I am the speaker. <laughs> I am the speaker of black folk everywhere. No, I mean, that's what y'all. But is that that is what the web <laughs> the website is? You cover it. You read about it. You talk about it. This is. I mean, is is kind of what you do for a living. But is there? Do you think athletes are feeling pressure to do something, or did these four NBA players just do this on their own? Or is there a pressure? Is the community hoping that more people speak up, or what? Nope, I think they want to do it. At this point, I don't think it's anything. We know athletes. Mm-hmm. We, we've worked around them for years. They aren't going to do anything they don't want to do. They aren't going to say anything that they don't want to do. At this point, I think it's a situation where they want to stand up. These four individuals, they wanted to do that. Carmelo has something in the New York Daily News where he posted that the system is broken. He went, he took to Instagram to voice his feelings. So I think it's getting to a point where it's something that they actually want to do. They're moved to do it and at the Obama town hall meeting Bradley Bill was the only NBA player there and we spoke to him after the town hall and he said it was something he wanted to do he wanted to represent those athletes and he got on a plane from Vegas and came right to DC to be there so at this point it's something that they want to do they're moved to do it and for those who don't want to do it they're not and that's fine. I don't think anyone is mad about it. I don't think anyone is expecting it. But because there are no expectations and the fact that they are coming out to speak about it, it's beginning to take notice. So people are happy about that. We're talking with Kelly Evans from the uh, undefeated, formerly of the Tri-State Defender here in Memphis, former Memphian, now working for ESPN. We're talking race, sports, and culture. Let's talk for a minute about the big 
uh, moment that happened on Sunday in Memphis, Tennessee. Were you at all aware, I'm sure you were because of your follow, who you follow on social media, of what happened on Sunday night? Absolutely. You know, I was leaving Dallas when this happened. I was in Dallas, ironically, for a wedding. But I was at the airport when I started getting all these alerts and these messages about what was going on. So I followed it. I saw some of the Facebook Live posts, some of the Instagram videos, and I have, you know, I feel both ways about it. I'm glad that we were able to take a stand on it and people were able to see that we can come together for something other than the regular crime that they hear about, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, of course you were, you were traveling and you don't live in Memphis anymore. It was uh, a fascinating uh, thing to watch on play live on television. And so much of this stuff, we've seen so many uh, different protests and other incidents that we've seen, like on CNN and stuff. And this this was on the, the local television for hours and hours, and it was such a great moment to see uh, police director, the interim police director, still got that interim title, unfortunately, uh, Mike Rawlings, walk off with the protesters. Is anybody, you're traveling the country, you're in Dallas, you're in, you're in New York, you're in Connecticut. What is, did anybody, did you see anything outside of from people from Memphis about what happened on, on Sunday or because it was so peaceful that it just did not get picked up by the national news media? It was still peaceful, but I did hear, I had questions, you know, people like, I'm not this known person across the country, you know, I'm pretty low key, but people who do know me and they know that I'm from Memphis I got some questions I got some phone calls and they just wanted to know what the temperature is there what the climate is I couldn't tell them because I wasn't there but they asked questions about when I was there and why now for us because so much has happened in the city that doesn't make it doesn't make national news so why are we speaking out now about national issues and we you know working at the tri-state defender there actually are protests happening around the city that we've covered it just doesn't always make news you know sometimes we could we i our office was on bill street and it wasn't uncommon for us to hear a parade coming down bill street and when we would go to our balcony to look down it was actually a protest so these things just don't make the news. So I guess I have to ask you guys who were there, what was the temperature and what was the climate? So I can report back to others, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, is, it was mixed, as you know, following from who you could follow on social media. But the scene of Mike Rawlings walking off with the protesters off of the Hernando de Soto Bridge was a, it was a, it was a moment that made many 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 Memphians proud to say hey this could have gone you know in a bad direction it could have been bad because it's happened in many other cities right where it gets physical between the police and the protesters and in Memphis it didn't happen that way they blocked the bridge and people just you know are upset about that where should you be blocking the you know the, the I forty bridge. Or, or not, it, yes, it's against the law. Yes, it inconvenienced people. Yes, uh, the hospitals in Memphis are the only ones for that the people in Arkansas, you know, in a certain radius can even use, right? Because they don't have the facilities over there that we have over here. So you have those things, but there's also another bridge. So if you needed to get over the bridge, you could go over the other bridge. So it really inconvenienced the people who were 
stuck on that bridge at that time or right about to get on that you know on that street going there at that time was the only people who were inconvenienced and it's good sometimes to be inconvenienced right it makes you think about it a mm-hmm, little bit mm-hmm. but uh, i think people in memphis were were real proud of what happened and i i thought our our news coverage was great from claudia barr over there at channel three and a bunch of other folks i i i, I thought it was a good moment for memphis uh, wondering whether or not the mayor should have been a little bit more involved than he was I, on on Sunday night. I don't know. I'm not expecting him to be at the protest, but he phoned it into a couple TV channels and, and acted like the reason he wasn't there was because he had to phone it into TV channels uh, is what he was actually his quote on Channel 3. That's a little frustrating. Uh, right. But do you think, I mean, the, the, that when something like that, should the mayor be there out front? I mean, you know the, the political climate in Memphis. You just moved. Like, is that something? <laughs> like, is like should the mayor be involved? He's the first white mayor we, we've had in, in a long time. And, yeah, he probably should not be. He definitely should not be out on the bridge uh, because that is a, that is a, you know, a, a situation that was uh, – we didn't know which way it could go because in other cities it does go in, in a bad direction. But once it was resolved, I don't know why he couldn't have come out to FedEx form and uh, stood by the side of uh, the police interim police director uh, Mike Rawlings and uh, spoke to the people. But um, I think he should. I think he should. And it, it kind of takes me back to a long time ago during the King days when um, Dr. King was there to fight for the sanitation workers, and the mayor at the time was very vocal about it. So, and I've watched some of those documentaries and I heard them, you know, it was a time, of course, where they referred to black people as colored people. So he was very vocal about it. And I think that he could have definitely been there, been a little bit more visible. But, you know, it's this thing now that, of course, the word that's being thrown around in the culture and it's called woke. You know, I consider Cerrito. I consider you as a woke white person. So, what does this mean? Tell me. Tell me what you're talking okay, about. Okay, woke means that you are abreast of what's happening in the community with whites, with blacks. It's a term that's being used now, and it's a really good term. For example, they consider Brad Pitt as a woke white guy. Um, there are other people in the community who are just woke on current issues in the black community, in the Hispanic community, in the Latino community, and in other in the Asian community, in the Indian American community, just in it as well, you know. And you and I have had some conversations about race. We were in a situation with race and policing together, and we were able to come out and talk about it. We speak about diversity all the time. So, you know, every everybody's not like that and maybe our mayor is not that way although he's over a predominantly black community maybe he's not as woke as he should be or maybe he doesn't have people on his staff to keep him woke and that's something that he needs it's not a bad thing but at this point in this day and age it's something that someone who's over an entire community needs he needs to be woke so maybe he just didn't know, maybe he wasn't comfortable, or maybe he just said, I'm not touching it right now, but mm-hmm. I will in my time. So maybe he will at some point. And mm-hmm. just to let you guys know, Wendy Thomas wrote a really good story in 
on the undefeated.com last week about Memphis and race and policing. So you guys can check it out. Wendy well. Thomas has an article on Undefeated. She does. Okay. We'll have to check she that out. She has a few. She has a few stories, but she specifically did one about the climate in Memphis during this time. And it's really good. She made some very great points in her story. But, um, yeah. We're you know, he could stand to be a little more woke. <laughs> All right. We're, we're talking with Kelly, Kelly Evans from The Undefeated. And, well, I mean, to the mayor's credit, he did go to the to the meeting that was organized for the next day. Uh, yeah, that had, but that but meeting wasn't as organized, it was not organized. as I would have liked right. it to be. Right. And that was disheartening. But, um, yeah, some of the, the calls to actions that were made in that meeting weren't realistic. So... What are you talking yeah. about? Thir- you're talking about 30 days of no killing? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, that was fine. I like the 30 days of no killing. Is it? I, I, so did I. Because there was a lot of people criticizing that that kind of took away and wasn't really a part of the protest. It's because it's not Black Lives Matter. There was a whole different thing. But also, that is a problem that really uh, impacts the city uh, to me. Like, uh, the we need to just get under control our crime all across right. the board, but at the same time, Black Lives Matter, I don't see why they can't uh, work together as a message um, of positivity. Um, Absolutely. And I, Absolutely. And I think people may have Black Lives Matter um, the movement mixed up. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a point where it doesn't matter just on how white people or anybody else in America views the black community, but it's across the board. It's how we view ourselves. You know, it's a whole thing of our lives matter. It's everything that's going on in our community or outside the community. It's a whole movement that encompasses a little bit of everything. It's not just one thing. And I think that's where people get it mixed up that it's a black and white thing. No, black lives matter across the board, even if it's black on black crime or if it's police on black crime, all of the above, the lives matter. So it's not only a situation where it's black and white, but it's also a situation where it's an empowerment in the community within itself. So Right. And that and how I interpret it from from the interim police director, Rawlings, is that I, I interpret it as him saying, like, we are listening to you. The people who are out there, the Black Lives Matter protest across the bridge, like, that he was saying, we are listening to you and we want to work with you on this. And we, we understand you and we we agree with you that Black Lives Matter. So let's work together and let's just not only that, but let's just all just stop killing each other. You know, I just kind of felt like it was like, let's just take this to the next level that the police department in Memphis is is understanding they're suspending folks uh if anything comes out like they had to do that this week with a snapchat story and and a couple other uh interesting uh inappropriate activity from the police department that they're acting on it so that's how i I kind of felt that people who were criticizing that yes it's unrealistic the 30 days of no killing um it's 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 un it's unrealistic because it's not it hasn't happened in a long time in the city but it was it was something that was just positive to think about and to spread a, po- a positive message, but unfortunately, I mean, at, at hey Sunday night, I was all on board with 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 promoting Michael Rollins as the actual drop the interim tag, make him the police director, and mm-hmm. so many people in Memphis were like, "Go ahead and do it." What are you doing? Like this guy, he obviously has um, is able to bring um, 
people of all races together, right? And he showed great leadership skills on Sunday night. So why not? This guy is a man who cares about Memphis and understands Memphis. Just make him the police director. But the mayor has not done that, and he did release his list on Friday that includes people um, from all across the country, whether it's Philadelphia, Dallas, Columbus, Ohio, Arizona, uh, uh, two people from Philadelphia on his list. Rawlings is also on the list. The only guy with really any close uh, local ties. Uh, is this something that matters? Uh, shouldn't he just, shouldn't it be Rawlings? Shouldn't you go with your hometown boy? Because as you know, Kelly, us Memphians, and Claudia Barr brought this up in the in the broadcast on, on Sunday, but there's just something about Memphians who we want to be led by a Memphian. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would definitely be a good thing to do for him. It would boost morale in the city, and people trust Rawlings. Mm-hmm. You know, we trust him black or white. We trust him. So I would. We it would be different to bring in someone from the outside who we don't know and we don't trust, but we trust him. So that would be the smartest move. Why not? Yeah, and why not hire the your, your deputy police director from outside? You know, if you need an outside yeah. perspective, find who's going to be the ne- who's a good up and coming. Make them like his number two be somebody from outside with that outside because you can't the outside perspective does help a lot of the times but um in this case it needs to it needs to be Rawlings I I got to convince me otherwise but before I let you go Kelly I do appreciate you joining us in this conversation uh today but uh we wanted to touch on this cuz the reason I mean yesterday you started tweeting about our incident that we had in Arkansas which um was a couple years ago and we've mentioned it on the on the radio before and at the since it happened like we've joked about it right uh, right. Because, but it, the more you think about it, like it's really could have been an awful situation. If we set the stage real quick, it was uh, Grizzlies uh, in their first ever game seven. They were playing Oklahoma City in Oklahoma. Anybody's ever driven through or to Oklahoma City? Most people drive through it, right? Uh, you have to you travel down forty all the way through Arkansas to get there, and we were on the way back from game right. seven. Me and you, we traveled together, uh, longtime colleagues, and. Uh, I was driving your car. Right. And nightfall started to come. Right. And it was just right there on the cusp of the sun going down. Right. And we didn't have the lights on quite at that point. Right. Cause I didn't I know, I didn't know how, I didn't, I was driving your car. So I didn't right. think my car had automatic lights. Yours didn't or, yeah. or yours yeah, yeah. did something. I turned something off. I don't know what it was, but the lights were not on as it was getting dark driving down Arkansas. But continue the story from your perspective. I think it's, it's fascinating here. Well, um, I was asleep, feet laid back, so of course the guy wouldn't know that when he pulled us over, but mm-hmm. once he pulled us over, I guess he saw, hey, the passenger seat is back, let me see what's happening, but when he got to the car and saw, you know, black woman, seat laid back, white guy driving, what's happening here, mm-hmm. and you didn't notice, and of course, um, it wasn't a situation that was made light of because when I tweeted out what was happening and mm-hmm. the responses that I got were pretty like, yo, Cerrito and I may be in trouble. We just got pulled over. He's in the back of the cop car. We, had, we didn't do anything wrong. So the, the urgency did come through in our tweets. But you didn't notice this, and it's sad that we have to do that in this society. Mm-hmm comply you know more than comply but when that light was in my face i had my hands out and up Mm -hmm. to let him know i'm not a threat you know and you didn't see that and it was just very nerve-wracking 
but and the question he asked me some questions who are you where you guys going Mm. where you coming from what's your name and and i'll let you take it from there because i don't know what happened in the back in that cop car (laughs) right yeah he was asking me like what the nature of our relationship was but he did put me in the car and was really grilling us on it i don't know i mean to me i was and and i definitely realized the race thing it was white guy driving in with you know with a with a black lady in a car in arkansas and when he didn't even realize that you were there i don't know i've been pulled over many times in uh <laughs> in my day uh and i never get asked to get out of the car like, that's the only time right. and, and whether i'm speeding or you know tail light out or whatever because this is that on that similar level like really and it didn't get a chance to soak in we we knew the race stuff at the time but since then so many more stories have come out that have just completely if that happened today i would have been terrified the entire time like what is what is about to happen like don't like and terrified for you kelly uh more than anything and um but i went to the police luckily something happened luckily for us like it didn't have to go any further uh whatever how much further it would have gone i have no idea but, yeah, like, he got a call and he had to go. There was so something he put yeah. you out, you know, get out, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. And you know, we knew from that point that it was unnecessary for him to even do that. If he wanted to ticket us from for driving mm-hmm. with the lights off, he should have done that. But everything else was totally unnecessary. Right. So when I'm tweeting, I know it could have gone left. You know, we hear the stories. My mother and I got pulled over in Bartlett and this was right after the hands up don't shoot movement came and my purse is in the back seat Mm -hmm. with my license so of course I was speeding like you I've been pulled over many times (laughs) so when the cop pulled us over my mom was like just put your hands up and the cop came to the car both of our hands were up I'm like look my purse is back there you can get it and hand it to me and I will get my license out the registrations in the glove box but I'm not reaching back and I'm not touching it the guy told us to go and have a nice day. Just slow down. Have, you know, and he, I guess he was thrown by the fact that we felt the need to have to do that. But we did, you know, and that it just, it was right. It was even right after the one guy had gotten shot for re- reaching for his wallet. And that was videoed where he kept saying, all I did was do what you told me to do. I reached for my wallet. But, of course, he made it. I think he was shot in the leg. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of. It's a sad situation where we have to feel uncomfortable when we're getting pulled over that we have to think about it. And with you and I, you know, we we talk about that all the time, but it did spark a conversation. I'm not sure if you remember on Twitter, oh, yeah. people started telling us their stories about being pulled over in Arkansas. I think someone told us they were with their college roommate and he was black and they got pulled over and they were asking him if he was okay. And the college roommate is like, you didn't ask me if I was okay. You know, why does it, why are we automatically assuming because he's with me that he's not okay? Right. So who, um, who knows what would have happened in our situation if he didn't get that call? Who knows what would have happened if you were the one driving and I was the passenger? Because that means he probably would have put you in the car. And who knows what what you know? Who knows? Right. It could have been. And then I'm a woman, right. so and that's something also that we don't talk enough about. There are also women who experience race and policing. I think there was a story out called Crash. 
and it was a while ago, um, maybe a few years back, and Don Cheadle was in it. But the woman it won the who Oscar, got yeah. pulled over. Yeah, when she got pulled over, it was Tandy Newton, and she was married to Terrence Howard. So they put him in the back of the car, but they frisked her, and she was just felt up in a terrible manner. So not only do we have to think that, oh, my God, we're going to die because I'm a black woman here, but women face other situations that we just don't speak of when it comes to race and policing. All right, Kelly, we got to let you go. We are out of time. We went way past uh, what we had allotted, but... um. What I'd like to do, if you're interested and if you're able to do it, is try to have you on about once a month so we can uh, get updated on all this stuff and talk about it because I think it's it's a very uh, important part of our national conversation right now. So I hate, to, I hate to ask you to, to take some time out of your Saturday <laughs> once a month. but if, Not if, a problem. If you're down, we'll start doing doing this uh, every month. So thank you very much. That's Kelly Evans from the Tri-State Defender. You can follow her at Kelly Southern Girl on Twitter. That's missing a lot of vowels out of there. And if she gets pulled over, she will live tweet it. Um, I will. (laughs) And uh, read her stuff at theundefeated.com. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. All right, it's Kelly Evans from the Tri-State Defender. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sarita Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 86 and 87.7 FM. Do you live in Memphis? Do you suffer from weekday boredom? Do you sit around on weeknights looking at your phone trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about Cerrito Trivia. Well, actually, that might be a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play Cerrito Trivia. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's trivia night with questions and stuff you and your friends know and like. Featuring unique weekly themes including movies, music, 90s TV shows, current events, and more. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, weekly themes, and drink specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. And did you know Cerrito Trivia isn't just for bars and restaurants? Contact Cerrito Trivia at gmail.com to bring Memphis' most unique trivia experience to your next party, work function, rehearsal dinner, reunion, seminar, retreat, or special event. Cerrito Trivia is the perfect prescription for weekday boredom. Side effects may include weight prices, laughing out loud, high-fiving, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverages, rock, paper, scissors, and spend quality time with friends. Now play Cerrito Trivia every Tuesday on Broad Avenue at Rec Room and in East Memphis at Mellow Mushroom. Every Wednesday night downtown at Tampa Tap and every Thursday night on South Main at the Green Beetle and the Arcade Restaurant. CerritoTrivia.com.